on this Wednesday, May the 4th be with you. My name is Pete Salas along with Rolando Zamora. How are we doing today, Roly? Oh, I'm great. Today's a special day, it so is, I'm really man. excited for this episode. <laughs> yes, sir. It is a holiday. <laughs> it only comes once a year. It is May the 4th be with you, like I said. And today, we're obviously Good Morning Lothal, the unofficial Star Wars Rebels rewatch podcast. And today, we will be talking about Season 1, Episode 5, rise of the old masters but before we get to that as is tradition we're gonna go and see what's happening around the galaxy let's see what's happening this week in star wars so roly what's happening this week in star wars so pete today's a very special day in the galaxy <laughs> yes sir this is the fan created basically may the fourth be with you unofficial star wars day which you know it's not technically like far-fetched that this day was chosen because may actually happens to also be the month that star wars debuted a new hope debuted may 25th 1977 so coincidentally there's a may the fourth day that lines perfectly up with star wars and it's really just a celebration of the genre for entire month uh so you know to celebrate you know a lot of people they're doing a lot of things you know as a fan i'm planning to stay home watch movies catch up on my shows continue to watch rebels which this podcast is all about mm-hmm. um you know but there's also a lot of marketed things out there for instance there's a lot of stores running discounts on all your popular star wars merch right so you can look into that there's also a lot of video game deals that I noticed out there. A lot of popular titles from the past and some more recent Star mm-hmm. Wars titles that um, you can find at a discount. And a lot of these things are covered. You can actually go online and visit starwars.com slash Star Wars Day. Pete will drop a link for you at the bottom. And you can find all things related to today, You know, ways you can participate, items you can purchase, just everything and anything you can absorb for today to immerse yourself in the celebration. So what are your plans for Star Wars Day, Pete? Well, I mean, other than, you know, rewatching Rebels again, uh, I think one of my favorite things to do uh, for Star Wars Day is, it's kind of weird, like, I really like being that weirdo in my office who, like, is the Star Wars freak that everyone comes to, and they? I'm sure you kind of have that same vibe. <laughs> that yeah. pe- people come to you, but like, um, I just I enjoy. You know, I'll usually wear a Star Wars themed shirt or something that day, and just kind of like want to stand out for. And it, it, I mean, it is my holiday, right? So that's that's what what I enjoy doing. But more so, uh, I do like revisiting the uh, the movies from when I was a kid, the uh, the original trilogy, I guess, so to speak. Hmm. Um, I believe last year I, I watched Empire, so I think it's only fitting that I watch Jedi um, uh, today when I get when I get home later. Um, not to say that Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie, but it it's the one that most reminds me of my childhood. Um, yeah, because that's I mean it came out like the year I was born, so um, I don't think it wasn't my first year's birthday theme, but I think it was like my third birthday that they they did a, a Return of the Jedi. Uh, <laughs> Uh, um theme for me but uh it's it's just it 
reminds me of being a child. It really does. So it's it's kind of one of those nostalgic feelings that that throws me back to um, a simpler time, I guess. Yeah, a better definitely. Uh, yep. What about you? What do you what do you plan to do? Um, I'm actually reading right now. Excuse me. I'm actually and right now in the process of reading a new Star Wars book called Dark Disciple. Okay. Um, so I hope to continue that. So far, it's been great. I suggest people go check that one out also. Uh, I will probably put on a Star Wars film. I think last year I rewatched Rogue One. Mm. Rogue One is usually a rewatch for me, just like Excellent. when I'm, I kind of want to throw on a Star Wars flick because I guess because it has so much action and like a finite beginning and end yes that is so an excellent just enjoy it there in yeah. the moment without taking on too much if i put on one of the other films i'm like okay well now i'm gonna watch you know return of the jedi if i started with empire and then or so so forth like that so i don't know i'm thinking maybe this year i'll watch solo solo i really enjoyed in the so did i man I did. solo got a bad yeah. rap solo got a yeah, really definitely. bad rap and uh, i i don't know why because it was an incredibly fun movie i mean no one is going to replace Harrison Ford, obviously, but uh, the actor that they picked, his name is escaping me right now. I think he did a fine job. He did a oh, great yeah, job. Yeah, absolutely. And then the storyline where they created with Crimson Dawn mm -hmm. and Kira being the apprentice of, of Darth Maul. I hope that that's something we can revisit in the future. I remember when we were talking Book of Boba Fett that I was hoping to see that. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't, didn't plan out, but that's okay. So I'm hoping that we do get some of that storyline going forward but yeah uh probably watch solo i haven't seen it in a while it, i it, it's a film that i really enjoyed and i think i need to sit down and enjoy it some more <laughs> you know what like i think you just kind of changed my mind on the jedi well i mean I'll, I'll have time to watch both i guess if i stay up late enough but uh <laughs> yeah i think i kind of want to revisit solo again it's been about two years since i saw it and uh i, I do remember enjoying it very much so more so than i than i thought i was going to but uh, yeah, that's definitely a great movie. The other one that I was that I have not seen in a while is uh, is Attack of the Clones. And given yes. given that uh, you know Clone Wars takes place between um, what is it Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, yeah, right? that's the that's the point. And yes. I have neglected it's it's been on my to do list to watch both of those back to back, but. Uh, and now you're giving me so many options. I, I was so yeah. confident in, in, <laughs> in my decision to watch Return, but uh, uh, but uh, now I th I'm, I'm rethinking it. I'm rethinking yeah, it. Yeah, I might do that, man. I actually did that a few months ago where I sat down and rewatched Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith. I can't, I, I can't say that those were my favorite films when they came out, but after mm -hmm. I saw Clone Wars, I was like, you know what? I wonder how these movies are after seeing you know, seven seasons of the Clone Wars. And sure enough, it, they just added so much more to it. The, the films were that much more enjoyable. So yeah. really awesome that, you know, they're able to add to story and had the films in a way that help you to enjoy them more. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, my goal in life, the bucket list is I will be at the, uh, the Star Wars Disney Park on May the 4th, at some point in my life, I will be there on May the 4th and immerse oh, yeah. myself literally in a Star Wars universe. So that's my yeah, goal. I think I actually bought this shirt on Star Wars day or leading up to it. I'm wearing an Ahsoka Tano, oh, okay. uh, Ashley Eckstein designed a shirt that she offers on her, her universe app. It's not a girl shirt. They have, they have <laughs> unisex. <laughs> anything no, unisex if you're interested it's labeled our universe but you know cool. 
she created a brand that's a lot of it has to do with mostly Star Wars called Her Universe. And Ashley Eckstein is the voice of Ahsoka Tano. So right. just a tidbit for no, I dig it. I dig it, out it, there. It kind of <laughs> looks like a almost like a soccer shirt, like a soccer team shirt, like European yeah. or something like that. I don't know. I yeah, think and so. it's got like those like unofficial Star Wars colors that I always like to say, like a blue and an orange, right, which also right. coincidentally matches her character from the Clone Wars. Right. No, that's cool, man. I, I do like that shirt. Um, so, like I said, it is Wednesday, May the 4th be with you. And uh, uh, in honor of that, it, this was kind of a happy accident, you know, that we were going to be dropping these shows on Wednesdays. But um, it just so happened this time it fell on the holiest of holy days in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> so that was pretty, pretty cool. Um, got got my shirt here. Hey, there goes R2. Hey, anyway, nice. getting back to why we're all here. We are here to rewatch the amazing Rebels cartoon. Um, Roly, we are on episode five now. It's called Rise of the Old Masters. Do you want to hit us with a synopsis? Sure. So in this week's episode, Ezra Bidger continues his Jedi training with Kanan Jarrus. And at this point, Kanan's beginning to worry whether he's a good enough teacher for Bridger. Mm -hmm. The Rebels learned that Jedi Master Luminara Unduli survived the destruction of the Jedi Order and attempted to rescue her from the spire of Stygian Prime. However, they soon discover that it is a trap set by the Grand Inquisitor and that Unduli died with the Jedi Order. The Rebels escape and Jairus learns that he can be a good teacher for Bridger despite his previous doubts. Right, so this was a tight 22 minutes for this episode and it was jam-packed with a lot of action and I, I enjoyed this one very much. Um, I thought it was really, really cool that basically it started uh, continuing the the Ezra is training with Kanan like reluctantly and he's borrowing his lightsaber and whatnot. And, you know, that was pretty cool. And I really like that they opened up with one of the most famous lines in Star Wars history, which is uh, Yoda's famous line saying, do or do not, there is no try. And then they kind of yeah. like broke the fourth wall, so to speak, and got meta when they were like, well, you know, I never really understood what he was talking about. <laughs> you know, Kanan threw a little jab at him like, yeah, you know, that's just the way it was. But it didn't make sense then. But, you know, it was Yoda. So we, we, all, <laughs> we all went with it. Um, so continuing on, um, we like I said, Ezra is seen still training with uh, the lightsaber. One thing I did want to ask, and I remember asking you the first time I watched it, and I, I want you to give the same analysis. <laughs> Explain to people why it is that it seems like uh, Kanan has like a build your own lightsaber that he has to like construct real quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, he totally caught me off guard there, man. I thought you were going to ask me something that all of a sudden I wasn't going to know. Oh, no. But, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Kanan basically has a, a saber that the hilt it breaks into two like the cap of the hill where the actual emitter or whatever you call it where the mm -hmm. the laser part comes out it separates from the rest of the hill and uh i believe he actually has this as part of his way of concealing himself that he's a jedi okay yeah so this is so since this is post order 66 uh right you can't be seen have, yeah. walking around with an actual lightsaber dangling off your belt so yeah he he has it in two parts which is actually quite ingenious i don't know who thought of that but that is a really nice touch uh i don't think i appreciated it as much the first time i watched it but this time when i saw him like you know take two pieces and construct it and then hand it to him i was like that's actually very clever like you can just <laughs> yeah 
you, you can hide in plain sight as a Jedi, you know, and that's that was really cool. So I just wanted to I remember asking you that the first time and I just wanted you to, to tell the tell our audience once again what your analysis was of that. So anyway, uh, we see him training Ezra with his lightsaber, like I said, and part of the training is he's got Chopper like just lobbing these like milk yeah. bottles at, <laughs> right at his face, <laughs> <laughs> which um, you noted was a throwback to A New Hope. Um, you know, it's just kind of like the that's part of the training is is the master tells the 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 Padawan or the, you know, the person who he's training uh, to close your eyes and, you know, visualize it. And it's just an, an excuse for the master to clunk him on the head with something. So, yeah, I think at one point Chopper even starts celebrating and he just loads up every single milk bottle and launches them, <laughs> you know, rapid fire. <laughs> right. That damn Chopper. He's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, so. Well, within that training session, there's a breakdown where, you know, Kanan, you know, they start arguing about how difficult it is to teach him. And, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where it's furthering the I'm not here to train you. You know, I'm not a trainer. I'm just a Jedi. I'm not a master, which is it's it's a cycle that we do see from previous, uh, you know, not episodes, but previous installments of the of the series. Correct. Yeah, um, there's a lot of doubt on in on Kanan's side. You know, he's complaining about Ezra being undisciplined and full of self-doubt. And because of that, he's telling Ezra, that's why you don't focus. But at the same time, throughout, we're going to see throughout the progression of this series that Kanan himself is learning on the fly. He doesn't have, a, you know, a slew of Jedi available to him to, to for him to seek advice from. He's... He's very much on his own and he, he found Ezra or Ezra found him, you know, by way of the force, so to say. Mm-hmm. And Kanan knew it was his duty to to take him with him and, and give him the opportunity to teach him, especially knowing now that there's probably not a lot of Jedi that survived. And I think every Jedi's like gut instinct from the get go at this point is if I find somebody, I got to take them in to protect them and also train them because if there's hope to bring the order back then it starts with us correct yeah no no of course i mean that's that's always one of the things especially this being a a a series that is set in post order 66 i mean that just that concept alone is is really intriguing to me of like the jedis in hiding and and uh you know they're that they still exist but they have to exist under under wraps and it's almost like you are opening yourself up to the possible possibility of being found even more if you take on the responsibility of training. So that's a really cool um, uh, dynamic that that they're already starting with the series. Uh, yeah. Moving forward, um, the incident from last episode where they stole the Tie Fighter it makes the uh, basically the internet news there. Yeah. And. Uh, the one I thought one of the cool things was they introduced a what was the name of the um, the senator that is part of the yeah, empire he, but not really. Yeah, he's a senator in exile as per this Holonet news that they follow regularly, and his name is uh, Gaul Travis. Yeah, and basically what happens is you know the Holo, the Holonet news is controlled by the empire. Think of it like propaganda from you know who. Right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's there's rebel 
quote unquote rebel uh, transmissions that interrupt these broadcasts and they start speaking for the rebellion. This is supposed to be an example of that. And I, I perceived it to be that this is somebody that they had already heard from. They knew of him. Mm-hmm. So it just so happened that um, this transmission, the guy basically communicated that you know the Jedi Master from the Clone Wars, Luminar Unduli, is alive, and he's he's speaking out to get people to rally to basically go free her. Right, and like the the part of the transmission shows that she's like on a prison cargo, like a prison area, right? So she's been. Uh, in prison since order 66 she survived it so that kind of uh that's where this this episode takes the like the hard left turn into the the plot point uh trajectory of the episode which is you know kanan feels it in his soul that you know he needs to go now that he knows that there's another surviving jedi master um he is more inclined to rally his the you know the crew of the ghost to go and try and save her so that's basically what the point of this episode is yeah, and definitely just to add on that, Suman, uh, for the for the fans out there who are listening with us and have seen Bad Batch, uh, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, but this is a big one I want to give because it does associate to this episode very well. Okay. Uh, what Kanan shows up in the first episode of the Bad Batch, and that's where you see his Order 66 happen and his master gets executed in front of him. Yes. Uh, so... Kanan at that point is already on the on the run and in hiding and he was a Padawan mm-hmm. so as he's training Ezra here Kanan's not a master I mean and I don't think he even feels he's at the level of somebody to be able to take an, an apprentice period or a Padawan rather right so th- as soon as he hears that Luminara is possibly alive he knows okay Luminara is is a, is a master master she can train Ezra the way that I can't so it's now my duty to seek not only to seek her out to rescue her but to seek her out so that Ezra can be trained by her rather than me okay you know and just to touch a little bit more on Luminara and Dooley uh, Clone Wars fans that are listening with this they'll recognize her from a lot of key episodes that happened during the earlier seasons of Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of which was, I believe it was one of the ones where we were first introduced to her. Uh, her, Anakin, Ahsoka, and Luminara's Padawan, Barris Afi, who, again, Clone Wars fans will recognize as the, the person that actually betrayed the Jedi Order. Right. Um, they were sent on a mission back to Geonosis. And I think the the Padawans, Ahsoka and Barris, were assigned to do a certain task to go inside one of the starships. And what ended up happening was they got trapped. And Luminara and Anakin, I believe, were forced to blow it up in or something to that extent. The clones blew it up, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what was really cool about that and why I'm mentioning that with regards to this episode is in that episode, there was actually... Uh, coldness from Luminara in the sense that she was a true Jedi, you know, no emotional attachment. Once the Padawans were trapped, she said, you know, they're gone. We need to move on, continue on with the mission. And Anakin was very much uh, no, you know, I can't lose Ahsoka that way. You shouldn't be losing your Padawan that way either. We need to try to rescue them. Obviously, emotional attachment that leads to something else, right? Right. But what's really cool here uh again going back to this is there's already an emotional attachment developing between ezra and kanan and 
this is very early on, but right away, uh, Kanan's gut instinct was to say, no, I need to get you to a better master to get trained. Right. But really, like, you can kind of tell it at early on in the episode, he doesn't necessarily mean that. I, he's just he just wants what's best for his son. You know, going back to what we were talking about, how the 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 crew of the ghost is is a family. Hera right. and Kanan being the parents, and the rest of the crew being the kids. So in this sense, I saw it as like I just want what's best for my son. So right. I'm going to exactly. get him the best education. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that that made total sense. So we're going to fast forward a little bit because I mean, there's some action where they're trying to get into the the prison and. Uh, there's uh, some misunderstanding of of when Ezra's supposed to actually jump out and help Kanan. Kanan was trying to be all stealth mode. It's kind of like when you play, uh, well, when I play, you know, something like uh, Metal Gear Solid, where it's supposed to be real stealthy, but I just come in guns blazing and end up getting shot. <laughs> you know, I, I do not play those kind of games correctly. Like Hitman, I love Hitman, but um, I'm not very good at it. But anyway... Um, <laughs> I am like Ezra where I'm just like Leroy Jenkins and jump right in. But um, they end up getting in, obviously. And I'm going to I'm going to, you know, fast forward us to where they actually get to. Um, I'm sorry, where they actually Luminara get cell. Yeah, Luminara cell. So it's a, there's a really cool scene where they go in and they, you know, they're trying to rescue her. But like she's not she's just kind of like got a blank stare on her face. Yeah. And uh, right away, like Kanan uh, senses that something is off about her. So pick it up. And what, what happens after that? Yeah. So he's trying to communicate with Luminara and what looks like her a physical manifestation of her body recedes back into this holding cell and she kind of vanishes. Mm-hmm. And when she vanishes, you see the remains of Luminara. Right. So they, the Empire was basically holding her hostage as a way to lure uh whatever Jedi survive Order 66 towards them and so that they can get rid of them too. And sure enough, as soon as this happens, you know, they hear a voice from the the door of the cell and they turn around and it's the Grand Inquisitor. And he basically proceeds to explain to them, hey, you fell right into my trap. Right. And And he he comes in and just kind of like takes over the room and says, you know, like uh, he's had a really cool line, something like, you know, her her bones are still serve a purpose or something like that. It's something some real evil line that I yeah, just you I know, completely sorry, go for it. No, no, I just I love that the way he delivered that. Go on. Yeah, you know what was really cool about that, CP? Uh I actually had to dig into this when I was doing the episode, you know, recap for what we were gonna talk about today because recently I just finished reading the Darth uh Bane trilogy. Okay. And in that trilogy, Darth Bane, it's not a canon novel, by the way, but Darth Bane himself is canon as per Clone Wars episode. So highly suggest uh, listeners and viewers out there read the series. It, it's a really awesome series. Mm-hmm. So he basically takes on um, a, an apprentice and her name, her name is Darth Xana. So the Sith, they have like fields of study, so to say, uh, and one of them is something called like Sith sorcery, where they can manifest like spirits and evil things to make their um, their enemies go crazy before they even start physically getting into a fight. And when I saw this scene, you know, it, it instantly reminded me of that because I just read it. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Are we touching on Sith sorcery here mm-hmm. or is this just like a hologram thing? And I, I think when I looked into it, people were more so like it's a hologram. But I thought it was really cool because if it is a hologram, nonetheless, 
the remains are there in place to be able for, I guess, former Jedi to sense their right. presence through the Force, yeah. which is what Kanan did. Like, I mean, there has to be a purpose to it. So it is almost kind of like some type of sorcery that... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that he's using. Right. So um, there's a there's a big dueling fight scene between Kanan and, and the Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor, and uh, he debuts, uh, for the, I guess, the first time that we see it on, on screen as uh, this really badass lightsaber. It's kind of like Darth Maul's, but like better because it's got like, a, <laughs> it like spins. It spins. It's, it's a pretty cool thing. And I, I thought it was a pretty funny joke that everyone that saw him, his lightsaber kept turning to Kanan and says, does yours do that? Like, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> he had uh, lightsaber envy, but um, no. So it shows just like how strong and in the force um the or force sensitive if you will the uh the inquis the inquisitors are which uh as you explain them they are basically sith uh loyalists and they're yeah. they're like almost like bounty hunters they they've been hired by the empire to go uh hunt down the remaining jedi yeah and so what was really cool is at the beginning of that duel when kanan starts fighting with the inquisitor uh the inquisitor right away he makes a comment like Oh, I recognize your your style, Form Three. You must have trained under Master Gipa Balaba. And Kanan right away is like, "How do you know that? Like, something? Right. There's more to this guy than what's leading on." Because Deepa Balaba is actually Kanan's master. She sat on the council right. uh, and everything. So, I, I believe this Inquisitor, he's already cluing him in that, "Hey, I'm not who you think I am. I'm like, I'm more so. I'm somebody more than you believe." Right. I'm not just like a. Uh, the muscle that the that the empire yeah. hired. There's more. There's more to me that you don't even know. Um, I thought it was really interesting that, uh, like, while while um, the fight is going on, he uh, he calls Kanan unfocused and undisciplined, which is basically exactly what Kanan called Ezra at the beginning of the episode. So it's a it's yeah. a nice like full circle thing of like you know, um, just it, it, the like we're saying the force sensitivity was very strong for him to be able to pick up on all these things um so meanwhile while that's happening the other half of the team sabine zeb and uh and chopper basically they're all trying to work together to um help them escape by uh by creating uh diversions using ex explosives and uh unfortunately they get locked out of the landing platform but uh, kane and ezra must like they work together to use the force to unlock the door from the other side. So that was another like trial by fire kind of situation where Kanan, you know, I I know we're in the middle of running away, but like, here's another lesson, like just focus, close your eyes, envision the lock and together they worked with, their, with the force to unlock it. So that was a, another cool, like, I guess a teachable moment, right? Yeah, and what was really cool too is like, we were seeing Kanan wanting to, you know, hand over Ezra to Luminara. And in that moment then and there, he had to connect and train Ezra mm -hmm. on the fly so that they could rescue the entire team and salvage the mission. Right. Yeah. So as now that they unlock the doors and they opened up so that they could run out, they encounter several dozen uh, stormtroopers waiting for them. <laughs> Earlier in the episode, there was a, a funny moment where Hera is uh, waiting for them. And there's these like big, almost like they look like uh, stingray kind of flying things that come and they're like bumping the ship and she's trying to figure out yeah. what's going on and it turns out that the uh the jamming mechanism that that, that uh, sabine set up was actually 
calling them with the same frequency of a mating call. So they were there <laughs> trying to trying to hump the ship. So yeah. Um, so she disengages and she takes him on a little ride and like uh, just in time when the doors open and the stormtroopers are there and it looks like you know all is all hope is lost. Here comes Hera with some backup and they're like, what kind of backup? And it's those same things that are coming yeah. in to to help. So the the cavalry came to the rescue, so to speak. Yeah. So the crew ends up getting away. Uh, and in the process of them escaping, Hera's kind of asking, hey, well, did you find her? And he's like, we did. Unfortunately, she's dead. So Ezra's stuck with me for now. And right. as he's saying that, they show Ezra sitting in the back of the Phantom. And he's kind of like already feeling like even more down because he knows Kanan was trying to hand him over to another Jedi for his training. Right. And now he's just confirming that that well, the mission was an excess. I'm stuck with him. Right. So, I mean, some pretty but, harsh words, especially if you hear that being said about you from another room. But, uh, yeah. I mean, that he was being honest. Like, he, he did not sign up to train this kid. But it seems like, you know, the uh, the way it turns out, that seems like the force, the universe, whatever you want to call it. And it, it put him in, in his path for a reason, just like uh, like you were saying about uh, Qui-Gon and, and Anakin. So it's, it's basically, I love the way that, like, these writers just connect things to the original series to the original movie yeah and uh you know it's once again we're going back to that we're going to hit it over the head about the poetry i mean it truly is poetry to be able to uh connect these things so so seamlessly and, and perfectly um well i mean that's basically the end of the episode uh so how did you feel this one ranks as far as uh episodes of rebels really I thought it was awesome. There's so much connection from the get-go to the Clone Wars, which somebody that was new to this series, like if you, like I remember when I watched it for the first time, I'm looking for that immediate connection to Clone Wars because Clone Wars, it was such an amazing journey. I want this to jump right into this and I want it to be the sequel of that. Never mind that one is set during the Empire times and the other one set, you know, during the war between the Separatists and the Republic. So as soon as you hear Luminara at the beginning of the episode, you're like, this is going to be a great episode. And right. then sure enough, it is. You know, they they she's not alive, but the same way that we've had episodes now that we're building the relationship between Zeb and Ezra. Well, this is the relationship that we were waiting to be to be built. And right. that's Ezra and Kanan. You know that this is the relation, the most important relationship that you're going to see as as Rebels progresses. And right away, you know, Kanan's full of doubt. Ezra's upset because Kanan, it doesn't seem like Kanan wants to train him. And in reality, you're finding out it's not that. It's that Kanan doesn't think he's capable of training Ezra. He's, he's not sure if he can handle the duties that come with what this kid needs. Right. So I thought it was a awesome episode it, and some of these episodes like this one for example these are only like 20 22 minutes they're kind of disappointing when they end because they catch me off guard all the time but <laughs> yeah. uh yeah they just do such a good job of putting so much in there so many parallelisms and character development so overall i thought it was a great episode i i couldn't agree more so that brings us to the end of this episode, which was called uh, Rise of the Old Masters. Next episode is called Breaking Ranks. So let's play our game, Roly. What do you think that one's going to be around about? <laughs> uh, I'm going to assume that it has some sort of theme with breaking into the Imperial ranks. And 
infiltrating for who knows what reason right you know, these guys are always into something so <laughs> it's, it's yet again another adventure where they're gonna possibly get themselves killed or right. do something awesome <laughs> <laughs> it's one or the other there's 50 50 chance of either one of those and uh we are the ones who win because we get to to watch it so that also brings us to the end of this episode of good morning lothal and uh I, before i go again i would like to ask to please like share and subscribe anywhere that you uh, are watching or listening to this it really helps us also rate us if you are uh, listening excuse me on uh, like apple podcasts or google podcasts and whatnot um please not only subscribe us but rate us that way it bumps us up in like these searches and you know it just kind of helps spread the word of this little podcast that could um and also join us on social media we are on all the on we're on instagram we're on facebook we're working on the twitter and uh, one of the big things that i did want to know uh, note was uh on to add to the list of the podcast uh platforms we are like i said on apple podcasts on google podcasts we're on um iheart radio podcasts overcast podbean and we made it we are now on spotify as well for you spotifyers out there um so again we're we're this is a we're still in the growing you know growing pain stage of this of this show but we are completely open to any uh comments or criticisms just please make it uh, constructive if possible but uh, we've had a lot of good feedback uh, both directly you know in IRL if you will and uh, via our messaging systems uh, we've got a couple of messages that I did mean to post here which we will do next uh, next episode we will highlight some of the the really nice things that some of the, the listeners have said and um, I'm just, I'm, we're growing every day and it's because of you guys and I want to thank you. And if you haven't already, please like, rate, and subscribe. So that brings us to the end, like I said, of this episode. And for now, my name is Pete Sellis, along with Orlando Zamora, saying, may the fourth be with you today and always. Goodbye from Lothal. 